The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! Georgian Fox. Welcome back to Georgia's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. <laughs> it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. I guess, I don't know, we're having some fun talking before the show. Um, so, it, we're recording this on Tuesday at 5.45. We're going to record a bunch, then we're going to stop, and then we're going to come back and record the post game of the game tonight. So you kind of get everything we listen to Wednesday. But we make small talk before this, and I asked Nick... Hey, Nick, so, like, what are you up to this weekend? Because we both live in Philly. Sometimes we hang out and just, you know, we're friends. And, Nick, what did you say? I said, uh, it's my anniversary. And then you said, okay, what are you doing? I said, probably watching the games, hanging out. (laughs) Yeah. Just, no, no, you said, well, it's our anniversary. So, you know, we're probably just hanging out. And I was thinking you were going to be like, you know, dinner, movie, just watching the games. It is what it is, man. Yeah, I mean, with, with right now, it's tough to go out to eat anyway. So oh, maybe yeah. Saturday night for that Saturday night Red Sox game, maybe I'll cook some pasta, have a little wine. We can we can have the game on or something, figure something out. But it's tough going out now anyway. <laughs> it it works out for us. I did um, – I was actually over by you. I did some Italian place, Antonio's or something like that. Okay. Kind of near you. Um, and we just got like, we hadn't had pasta in a while. So it was like, let's just order Italian. So we did that. And then I ordered uh fried calamari just cause I was like, cause I'd get this if I went out, I'd never order it takeout, but I was like, I need to feel 
I need to get an appetizer to feel like I've left the house. You need to get certain things that you'd be getting if things were normal. Yeah. Can't go a year without eating that. I get yeah, it. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, when am I getting fried calamari? Never, because I'm not going to restaurants. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was uh, – how is the bachelor party? So I, I found this out after we recorded, I believe, or I just didn't bring it up. But you went to a bachelor party, and what did you bring with you? So I brought a personal TV. <laughs> And look, you're, you're very similar to me. When you're going somewhere, right, six, seven, eight guys from different cities, you know, we had Philly fans, some Baltimore fans, some New York fans. You just don't know what the TV situation is going to be like, man. I have to cover myself, and I don't like watching just on a laptop. It, it doesn't do it for me. So you were – are these like your boys from home that, like, you grew up with? So these are, uh, like, frat guys from college, basically. Okay. So I knew uh, there were eight of us. I knew five of them did not know two of them. But this way I can be like, guys, you put whatever you want on the big main TV in the living room, but this TV is for the Yankees. You were in, like, a sunroom, it looked like, like a side room. Yes, that was the nice part is we ended up spending most of our time kind of in that back, that screened-in porch. You know, you get the fresh air, but you don't have to deal with bugs or anything. It's kind of the perfect combo. And so I just brought the TV out there. And, you know, what the funny thing is everybody kind of just ended up watching with me and gambling. So yeah, you weren't alone in any of the, like, the background I saw. I thought it was going to be, like, all Phillies fans, and you're just sitting there like Steven Glansberg, you know, <laughs> yourself. The only, yeah, the only time I was alone was the Saturday, the cold start, the 2 o'clock game. They all went to the beach, you know, bringing the speaker, bringing the football, typical guys going to the beach. But I was like, guys, I just can't miss a cold start. Maybe if half was pitching – Right, I would have went with them or something, but I, I can't miss a cold start. So that was the only really time I was alone was Saturday during the day. I do. Um, I'll bring a fire stick. I haven't brought a full TV, but I'll do a fire stick. And we went to Outer Banks two summers ago with like my in-laws, and I just I brought a fire stick so I could watch Yankee games. And I hooked it up to a big TV, and they, you know, when they had like day games. People were at the beach. I don't go to the beach. I'm watching it. And then it just became like, oh, what's this fire stick thing? This is cool. We could watch the World Cup. I think, like, the World Cup was going on at times. So my brother-in-law was like, oh, you get all the things for the World Cup. Which is like, no, no, no. This is a Yankee fire stick. That's all. That's what this is for. We're not watching soccer on here. And I think I've really kind of mastered the art of being able to watch the Yankees in, in sticky situations, in public, at different places. And I've just found that if you let the other people have the main TV – and you, and you just say, this is my small TV, and this is for the Yankees only. Nobody can say anything. You are in the clear. Like, don't get me wrong. It's weird. It's a little weird for, yeah. like, as an outsider. It's weird. But, like, we don't kink shame here. Like, whatever, right. you know? You want to put <laughs> peanut butter on your balls and have someone lick it off. Like, maybe that's weird, but you're doing it. You're not hurting anyone else. You're not doing it in a park. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. You had your own room. Exactly. So, had that... Had that covered, and it was it was fun. But, I mean, overall, in terms of the week for us, it, it wasn't too fun. The last time we talked, we were 8-1. and one. We had three games left with the Phillies and then a four-game series at the Trop. And the Philly, neither of the series went well. I, I mean, let's be honest. I wanted at least three out of four from Philly. We had to settle for a split. The doubleheader was brutal. You know, the first game was sloppy. The second game of that doubleheader was boring. And then Thursday, Montgomery really took a step back. Like That Philly series was frustrating. The Philly series was frustrating because, for well, one, like, we just, we weren't clicking, right? We weren't clicking, and it was exactly what you said. We built a team whose strength is our lineup and our bullpen. 
defensively, we're all right. We have some guys who are really good defensively, but we have some flaws. And our starting pitching obviously has holes in it. But these seven-inning games, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. Because that first game, we would have won. It was the perfect storm for the Phillies, that doubleheader. They threw their number one and their number two in two seven-inning games. We threw Jay Happ and Loisaga. I mean, what did you expect to happen? And that's exactly right. The first game, you give us two more cracks at that bullpen, that would have been completely different. The Phillies' bullpen let up seven runs on Monday night to the Braves in the ninth inning. In one inning, they let up seven runs. We would have got to them. Uh, Nola pitched really well against us in the second game, and we were just lucky to get out of there with a split. But in the first game, I mean, Higgy's making outs on the bases, getting doubled up. They're making errors. I think Hap walked six guys. Like, that was the sloppiest I've seen us play in a while, that first game of the doubleheader. It was real, like, and that's the thing I remember I had a coach in high school who would say, like, you can make all the physical errors, like, you want. You know, those are going to happen. It's the mental errors that are going to cost you. And so when you've got, like, oh, Higgy, someone tweeted, like, Higgy's got as many hits as Brett Gardner. Ah, never mind. You know, because you can't get doubled up like that. I mean, from a, like, pitching standpoint, I mean... Hap just, I mean, what's going on? He, he, looked, he looked lost. He doesn't look like a major league starter. I mean, but, he's not even close to getting through getting, he's not even close to a quality start. And the Phillies lineup's good, but you can't be walking guys in front of Bryce Harper and then throwing him a meatball one and two, and, and he parks it onto the Liberty Bell. I mean, this is basic elementary stuff. He just had no idea how to navigate that lineup. I mean, I'd rather, if you're going to go three innings, Give up six hits and walk three. Don't give up three hits and walk six because when you do that, I mean, we have no hope. We can't get back to where we need to be. We need to be over the plate. That's the whole thing with baseball. You've got to give <laughs> right. them a shot. And when you're not giving them a shot, you're not giving yourself a shot. And I don't want to hear I'm, – I'm quick to blame the umpires. A lot of time you'll see me bitching about judges' strike zone or Stanton strike zone, but people were making excuses for Hap like it was the umpire's fault. The guy's got no stuff. He's not even close. When he was throwing it over the plate, it was getting hammered. I, What did he – three innings, five runs? I mean, his lines – I know his ERA is over 10. Like, I'm giving him one more start, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, I mean, we'll talk about it. I mean, the Yankees aren't even giving him the next start, but yeah. – um, yeah, it the umpiring in that Philly series. So now I'm not going to excuse Hap because six walks is six walks. You're not getting it. But I believe it was game two of the doubleheader. Or I don't remember if it was game two or if it was the next day. But uh, what, which game did Montgomery start? It, Montgomery was the last game. Okay, so in that game. Thursday, yeah. There were the first seven strikeouts of the game, five of them we're looking. That's an umpiring problem. That, like, even if you're, oh, he's calling it both ways, like, if we're both getting fucked, we're still getting fucked. You know, it's not a matter of, oh, he's just giving the inside edge a little bit, you know, on right-handed batters, and everyone knows that. If you have five of seven punch-outs being looking to start the game, you're in trouble. Exactly, and I had this argument with a buddy of mine. He's like, well, the strike zone's bad for both teams. It evens out, and that's not true. The Yankees have the tallest hitters in the league. A bigger strike zone hurts us more. We take more pitches than any other team in the league. Like, our MO is is taking those borderline pitches that get called for balls and then hammering that 3-1 pitch over the wall. Like, that's what the Yankees do. And when you're – I mean, there was a 3-1 pitch to Glaber, I think, in Game 3 of that series that was, like, 
six or seven inches off the plate, and he's taking off his elbow guard, you know, tossing the bat aside, and umpire's giving the strike signal. It's like, man, that's not even close. And it was it was very frustrating, and it was all four of those games. The umpiring was awful. It was like that umpiring unit, um, it, it just like, or whatever, a team, whatever the hell they're called. Like, we had to get away from them because we also hit the spot, like where you're talking about with Glaber taking that pitch, taking his mm-hmm. arm pad off. There were a couple times where our pitchers would throw a pitch with two strikes, and whether it's Gary or, you know, Higgy and the pitcher are starting to, like, walk to the dugout. Now you're in an issue where it's like we've got a bad umpiring crew and we've shown them up. And we didn't show them up on purpose. But, like, a guy like Angel Hernandez is just like, oh, well, you know, everyone everyone paid. You know what it is? This season, everyone who's there are the people who actually pay to see the umpires. Fucking nobody. Right. No, you're exactly right. They all want to be tough guys, and they all want attention. And kind of like, which game was it? I think it was game two of the Rays doubleheader when Boone and Phil Nevin got yeah. thrown out. Yeah, I mean, so they're they're picking fights. They're instigating. They're, they're supposed to be the guys that calm everybody down. They're not supposed to be the instigators, and I think that's, that's a big problem. But the Yankees played horribly. The umpires were horrible. The Phillies played the best baseball I've seen them play in, in three years, and we still split. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like... But, like you said, you know, you you expect to lose, you know, one of those games. Three and one, hey, it's going to happen, you know. A broken clock's right twice a day. But to go three and... One and three on those, that's not, you know... Or, sorry, to split that is not what, yeah. you know, what you want because... Yeah, it's not in our division, but you don't want to give away the games that you're supposed to win, especially in, you know, I had I've had issue with some of the lineups that we've put out there. Oh my god, yeah. Because I've you know negative Neil Keefe had like had the best three I saw. At one point it was like the Yankees have played nine games in two hundred and seventy days, and we're sitting guys. Like this is a football season. You don't sit Tom Brady for a game. Absolutely, dude. We were resting all all spring and, and most of the summer. These guys were just relaxing. You should be able to play 57 out of 60. It's really not that unreasonable, especially since these doubleheader games are only seven innings anyway. So that's not really – the doubleheader excuse doesn't really apply other than Gary and the catchers. These guys should be out there all the time. These Phillies the, – the lineups he was putting out against the Phillies, it's like, or do we even want to win? It was so frustrating. And Aaron Hicks is not a three-hitter. Aaron Hicks is is not a three hitter. I mean, he's Aaron Hicks is one of those guys. We go, oh man, can you believe they got Aaron Hicks batting seventh? Like that's a deep lineup when Aaron yeah. Hicks is batting seventh. Aaron Hicks bats third on a bad team, but not on the quality of teams that we're supposed to be putting out there. Yep. I mean, if DJ is sitting, you want to bat him leadoff, fine. But he is not a middle-of-the-order hitter. He's a, a 235, 240 guy that might hit 15 to 20 homers. But, I mean, it's clear. They love Hicks. I don't know what it is. He's looked awful in the field. He's, like, not hustling. He's jogging after balls. He's misplaying balls. He, he's looked pretty poor all around. I think he's under 200. So he's a guy, I mean, Glaber has struggled. Gary has struggled. But Hicks is one of those guys that needs to step it up, especially with Stan on the shelf now. Yeah, and you know we talked about the the calls by the umpires, 
And Hicks is a see a lot of pitches guy. Like he works counts. He'll go up there and get you a 10 pitch at bat. So when that's taken away, it's like now you're batting 200 and you're getting punched out. Like it's, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. You're right. He is the textbook guy that relies on getting those borderline pitches. Yeah. That couldn't have said it better. So, yeah, Philly series, Philly series was really frustrating, and I really expected them to kind of go down to Tampa and kick ass and be, be pissed off. And Friday night, they were just dead getting shut out. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the shake-off was like, we just split this series. Let's go to Tampa. Let's get, you know, you've got to hope for a playoff Tanaka there. You know, that's all we're looking for is let's get playoff Tanaka, let's get playoff Tanaka. And then we got playoff Tanaka. You know, you start to see once it's like, all right, you know, first inning, second inning, okay, we're getting like three innings in. It's like, wow, we're hitting a groove. He's really, he's out there, he's shoving. He's not out there battling because he doesn't have his stuff tonight. He brought his shit with him. And it's just the offense, I mean, Blake Snell went three innings. Like, how do we not, if you tell me, that Tanaka's going to go out there and give up no runs over five, and Snell's going to go three innings. Like, how do we not jump all over that bullpen? It, it was frustrating, and we've had trouble with this Rays bullpen for, it seems like, the last ten years. Like, they just have this parade of guys that keep coming in, righties, lefties. We just, so many swings and misses. I think I said it in the postgame video, I think it was Friday, that we swung and missed 500 times. It, it really felt like it. Like, they weren't even close to scoring. We, we had... Like, nothing going on. It, like, there wasn't a point where I was like, oh, well, this is it. It just it wasn't happening for us at all. I mean, you get two hits. What the, you know, what am I going to do with two hits? Exactly. <laughs> seventh inning, and in the seventh inning, it was a tie game. Gary had the bases loaded, ready to break the game open. You have that line where you said, go back to last year's ALCS and give me three singles. Let me place three singles anywhere. And that was a microcosm of this week. Give me three singles, and instead of going three and five, we're going, I don't know, six and two. That, that's what this week felt like, man. I hate to say it, but with Gary, and you know, obviously he's batting under 100 right now, last year in the ALCS, he looked lost. Like, we got, it was just like, I wondered, I was like, when you're an Astros fan, are, are you like, oh, man, Gary Sanchez, like the killer? Or do you also know that he's lost? Or are you just like, this is when he breaks out, this is when he breaks out? I felt just like that. Like, bases loaded, Gary Sanchez up there, seventh inning, we're in a 0-0 game. There is, I wanted him to deliver. There, he just, there was no way he was. He oh, just, I had no confidence. Yeah. And you're the biggest Gary guy in the world. Exactly, exactly. And I, and there are times there are times where he looks like Manny Ramirez. Like when he's on one of his hot streaks and he's hitting the ball 500 feet and he's pimping home runs. And then there are other times where he looks like a pitcher up there. I've never seen somebody who can look so locked in and so lost like in the same season or the same month. It's crazy. It's the way he chases some pitches too. I'm just like, dude, you're a catcher. You know how this shit comes in here better than anyone else up there. You've never no. seen a slider in the dirt? And he takes the fastball down the middle and then swings at the slider in the dirt. Like, how many times has that happened? Dude, swing at the first pitch if it's right down the middle. His his approach, he just looks totally lost. And I think he was watching an iPad in the dugout, and somebody tweeted, like, oh, that's probably watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon on the iPod, because that's what it looks like. Like, that's what he looks like up there. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a big proponent of, like, if you're in a slump, 
take a pitch, see what he's got, do that. But if your slump is from taking a pitch, seeing what he's got, because everyone's like, well, Gary's just going to fucking stand there. Let me throw it right down the dick. Get a hit there, Gary. Figure it out. Something, man, something. It, it's been terrible with him. And with standing out, he is one of the guys that needs to step it up. Like, he cannot be hitting 100 with one homer while Stanton's out for a month. If Gary goes on a hot streak, they can survive the Stanton thing, no problem. I truly believe that. The unfortunate thing is, like, Gary, I feel like he's always at his best just coming off the DL from, like, a hamstring. You know, yes. like, a hamstring injury that would really only cost them, like, five games, but they're like, ah, we're just going to put him on the 10-day. Then he comes back and he hits six home runs in a week, and we're just like, he's back. And it's just kind of the wave of, like, Gary, you know, IL, home runs. I uh, home runs, but he's got to figure something out because even some of the, like, I mean, he's making defensive errors where it's just like, he looks lazy behind the plate. And I know, I know like the right. Phillies announcers jumped on him because we had to listen to that dog shit, but <laughs> they were like, you know, some of the shit, he just looks lazy. Like he's just not trying to get to the pitch. Like he's waiting for them to cancel the rest of the season. Now he is. He looks lost all the way around. Gary's bat is nowhere to be found, but Sunday football is coming back. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are back in the NFL. With NFL Sunday Ticket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on any device. Plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. It's a great deal, 15% off. Yeah, you can't beat that. For sure. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other great discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code BLUEWIRE or DealDash.FM slash BLUEWIRE. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash BLUEWIRE. Woohoo, Nikki Ad Reads over there. Amazon product. Get out there and support our sponsors. Dude, do you or Jamie have an Apple Watch? Um, no. This isn't an ad at all. I got an Apple no. Watch, and people always post about, like, when they complete their circles. I see it on Twitter all the time, and I was like, oh, no one gives a shit. I bought, I got an Apple Watch late last week, and I'm going to close all my circles for the first time, and it's like, I'm pretty fucking pumped. Like, I get it, guys. I get it. Is it, it like a fancy Fitbit? Basically? Essentially. I mean, I think okay. you could do a lot more with it, but I was just like, oh, I saw them on sale, so I just grabbed one for me and my wife, like... And like she didn't even know. I was like, it came in the mail. She was like, "What's this?" And I was like, "I don't know," because we're we're just not moving around as much, at, like, or as we're supposed to, to be active because we don't want to go to Planet Fitness and all this. <laughs> and um, fair enough. And it's just a matter of when I was on paternity leave, I found the time to go for walks with the baby. But now I work all day, so it's like, how can I, you know, make the effort? So now it's like, ah, oh, when I close it, I'll uh, 
I mean, it's not really relevant to anyone else, but that's why I stood up in the middle of your ad because one of the things I was like, yeah, what is he doing? One of the things is standing up every hour for a minute. So that's why. Okay, I was so like, they give you a little, they give you little suggestions. Yeah, throughout well, the day. Make yeah, it you got to stand up a minute, a minute an hour, twelve hours a day. Just make sure you move around a little bit. You've got to do uh, thirty minutes of exercise, and then got the you've got like a calorie. But dude, this elliptical. I have used it fucking zero times. No one can see the video here, but there's an elliptical behind me. I'm on work calls, and people see the elliptical. I think they think I, like, work out. Like, nope. Haven't fucking used it. sweatshirt hanger. It's a coat hanger. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what happened, because I sit under an air conditioning duct, so sometimes it gets cold, so I grab that. It's really – I'm the worst. I'm a real piece of shit. All right, let's talk more baseball. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. So Friday night sucked again, and then you wake up Saturday, and I'm I'm hungover at this bachelor party. I'm a little bit, you know, you got the anxiety. You're sad. Yankees have lost two in a row, but I'm like, Cole is pitching. And waking up and just having that feeling, we've talked about that feeling. I was instantly at ease. He came out and had his best stuff, I thought. I think he had 10 or 11 strikeouts, a lot of swing and misses, and we both agreed we should have left him in for the fifth. Yes. So I was doing, um, I had uh, like house appointments that day to go look at okay. houses, but I was like, I got to be home. Like, because Cole gives me a feeling of security that I haven't felt in a while. So it's not even like I need to do it like, cause you know, psycho Yankee fan, just like I need, I need someone to make me feel nice right now. Cause we just yes. lost two. Like, uh, yeah. I, oh yeah. It's a security Absolutely. blanket. But yeah, I mean, he was out there. We were getting, we were getting Cole, and obviously when he throws 107 pitches, you want to see more than getting into the fifth inning. Like, 100 pitches, if you told me Cole's throwing 100 pitches in a seven-inning game, I'm like, wow, that's a pretty sweet, complete game he threw there. You know, hopefully he get that pitch countdown for nine-inning games. But he was out there dealing, like you said, 10 strikeouts, swing and misses. But anyone who thinks that you take your ace in his first season – of this, like, weirdo season that, like, maybe it'll finish, maybe it won't, like, situation, and you pull him in the fifth inning when you owe him $300 million, you're going to – you can't shatter this guy's – I mean, you're not even going to hurt his confidence because he's fucking Garrett Cole and he got the money already. But, it like, let's worry about – that's a move that worries about October when we need him to do that. And that's a move that worries about year three when we need him to do that. Like, that's the decision there. Not only that, it was a doubleheader, and they were bullpenning the second game. So it's not like we had all these stud relievers ready to come in. Let's not forget, Canley's done for the year. Chapman's not back yet for some reason that I can't fathom. What the, the Where the fuck Dude. is Chapman? Dude, I don't know. He's squatting 5,000 pounds in his apartment. You know, he, he got cleared two weeks ago. And now he might face live hitters on, on Wednesday. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah, just have him face, I don't know, the fucking Braves. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and, dude, it, it all comes – it's this attitude. It's like they're not relentless right now. It's, it's boom with the relievers. It's the lineups. It's this thing with Chapman. Their whole philosophy right now seems very lack, lackadaisical and not very tenacious. Do you agree? Yeah. It's just, so we came out hot. Right. It became, I mean, after the first week of the season, you know, we go, we get two or three from Washington. Like, we're starting to move. We're, you know, hey, where do you need us to play? You need us to hang out in Philly for two days. You want us to go to Baltimore, beat that ass, bring it home, have the Red Sox come. Like, we were getting cocky. And as a fan base, that makes sense. But it's almost like, like we took our foot off the gas. 
Like, a, yeah. And in a season where it's like you don't know, like the game, Major League Baseball is going to do everything they can to get us to whatever they can call a postseason for the for those ad dollars for those TV dollars. Games aren't promised. I mean, the Cardinals are going to play forty five games. And they're, you know, and I don't know if that's going to make them ineligible for the playoffs or how they're going to, you know, figure that out. But at any given point in time, four guys on the Yankees get COVID and we could, as a team, be on the shelf for a week. So, like, make the most of the games that they're letting you actually play because a win now is better than a nothing later. You're absolutely right, and it's just that it's yeah, they're this laid back approach. They're not they're not like chasing wins. Like last year, I thought they did a good job. Like when they had a chance to get a win, they go for it, bring in that good high leverage reliever. But if you go back to 2018, that was something that I was frustrated with. Like they punted so many games, and the Red Sox won the division, and it just just pissed me off because the Red Sox went balls to the wall every day. Mookie Betts played every day, and we're resting guys every third day and it seems like they're going back to that a little bit and I don't know if they're still trying to ease guys back in because of the summer camp spring training thing or what the deal is but like Britain pitched once in that Tampa series it's three I mean we're three weeks into the season yeah like there is no working everyone back in at this point like you got that excuse for maybe 10 days I completely agree. And and Andrew had tweeted at me and replied to one of my tweets basically saying there's no real advantage for, you know, everybody has to play that stupid three-game wild card round anyway. So maybe the, the Yankees are just thinking let's get to the postseason and, and see what happens. But I, I still want home field. Did you see how we played at the Trop? Do you want to play at the Trop? I don't want – Fuck I, no. I don't want our guys having to go anywhere. And, like, it's not for – you know, most years it's because you want, you know, the crowd on top of the Astros or whatever it is. This year it's like, I just don't want my guys to have to get on more airplanes. Because imagine, like, we get to the postseason, then it's like, if we get to the postseason and something happens where they can't play games, and I'm not talking the league, but I'm talking, like, specifically a team, and it's our team, it's going to be so heartbreaking. It'd be worse than if there wasn't a season. No, definitely, man. It's frustrating. It's frustrating when people say, oh, there's no fans anyway, so what does it matter? It's still sleeping in your own bed. It's still having your own training room, This, you know, nodding at the security guy when you walk in. Like all those little things that we don't think about, it's important to the players. And, and the Yankees play horribly at the Trop, man. They've played bad at the Trop, it seems like, for the past 15 years. Like even when the Rays suck, we always play bad there. I don't want to be there in October. I don't. Well, we're always going to get – I think we always get everyone's best punch. You know, because, hey, you're going to play the Yankees. But when you're playing the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, it's like a Bronx tale. You get distracted by the pinstripes, the Monument Park. You never know. It could be Old Timers Day. Who are they bringing out to throw out the first pitch? Oh, the guy who stars in fucking School of Rock on Broadway. That guy's cooler than Joey Wendell, you know? Um, So, like, yeah, like, all that adds up. And then the other way is, like, Oh, great. I'm in Tampa. This sucks. Maybe some of these guys have apartments down there. So it's like, oh, I got to swing by my apartment and get all my Florida mail, which is only bills. <laughs> right. It's just not it's good. It's always wet outside. Then it's cold when you go inside because it's a dome. It stinks. 
It does, man. There in Oakland, I feel like the Yankees never win series there. It's there and then that stupid football stadium. Yeah. In Oakland, man, and I don't I don't want to be at these places. I still want to be at Yankee Stadium even if we can't be there, and I really want home field. And that's why it's frustrating when they put out these C or even D lineups and, and they keep throwing out Sessa and Hale and Luis Avalon and, instead of the stud relievers, man. It's it's frustrating. And if you look at it, last week they went 2-0 and when Cole pitched, and they went 1-5 and in the other games, and that is a problem. Yeah. I mean, you need – I mean, it, it's Cole being Cole, which is, you know, great. But – yeah, we just need anyone else to to step up. I mean, Tanaka, Tanaka stepped up. That's great. But like, we we need more of that. It it goes back to like, who wants to be a fucking major league baseball player today? Who wants to put their nuts on the table and say like, I'm a man. I'm here to win this goddamn game. And I think part of it is, I, I need Boone to do that. I need Boone to say, hey, I'm a fucking man. I'm gonna put my man lineup out there and let's get this shit done. You're right, and and Sunday they really had a chance to, like after a bad week, after everything had happened, it's like, you know, we could win Sunday, we'll get on the plane happy, we can blast music, we can get out of here with a split, and to piss that away, and to be up 3 nothing in the seventh and just piss that away was excruciating. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's getting late early. That's what feels, I mean, and we're complaining about a first place team. You know, like, that's not, that doesn't escape us. We know we're in first place. But you're only in first place until you're not in first place. Dude, and when yeah, you're not two games, place, I think we're up. Two games. Nothing. Yeah, I don't even think it's two games at this point. Um, One and a half, maybe? Yeah. So, like, let's just, like, let's be up by fucking four games. Like, it's one and a half. Let's be up by four games, five games, heading into September, and not be, like, choking up these early games that are winnable, especially division games. We, we talked about the importance of how we're starting. You know, we started with the Nationals, and then we were going to Philly, and it was like, you know, hey, this is great. We can, you know, get our legs under us. The, the get our legs under us games are now gone, and we're going to the Trop and looking absolutely lost. And, you know, there's no difference in atmosphere there than regular. So we can't blame that on anything. There was no one there before. There was no one there last year. Yeah, the, the, and the hitting excuses at the trap, I don't want to hear them. It's perfect conditions every time. There's no wind. There's no rain. I mean, I guess it's a little bit of a pitcher's park, but the excuses are just so weak. Find a way to win games. The Rays always find, like, these crafty relievers. They Dude, always they do, do, and they just keep trotting them out. And, and it's for that side bullpen, which makes it even more annoying because yeah. their bullpen's just on the side. Um, and, and they all have great stuff. They it's, do. it's like how I feel like any time you play the Tigers in the playoffs – because, like, you don't watch a lot of Tigers games throughout the year. We see them for seven games a year. But any time in, like, the 2000s that we would play the Tigers, they'd be like, oh, we got this new guy who throws a fucking 100 miles an hour. Never heard of him before. Right. No, that's the way it is. And the Rays, they just battle, man. Like, they're diving for balls. They're turning double plays. They're taking the extra base, going first to third, hitting and running. And then we have Hicks lollygagging after a ball, turning a double into a triple like that. It was very clear. The effort the Yankees were putting out and the effort, like the Rays were going balls to the wall. It was clear who had a $70 million contract and who's trying to get traded out of Tampa. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Yeah, man. It, but it but it hurt us. They they were they were stealing, like I said, diving around, playing like it was the World Series. And the the annoying thing is Baltimore swept the Rays. Like when you say we get everybody, well, that's what I thought we were going in there, and we were just gonna yeah. fucking steamroll these guys. Like, all right, yeah, we split it with Philly, whatever. It's weird, Bryce Harper. Let's go win four fucking games. Definitely. And and with the Rays especially, the Rays and the Athletics, it seems like in the regular season, they like they treat it like it's their World Series. And the Rays were talking shit. Kevin Cash was even talking shit. Like they, they, It just seems like they took it more seriously than we did. Well, there's just no rules in Oakland. It's like you want to bring a full drum set and a rock and roll band in the outfield. You want to bring a gun. Like They don't check. You can do whatever you want there. Right. <laughs> No, you're right. It was uh, it was annoying. Um, you know, we had a we had a three and five week, and and after that eight and one start, I think we all kind of maybe, including me, a little overconfident, yeah. smelling ourselves a little bit. I, I, if you would have told me we were going to three and five last week, I would have laughed at you. I was fucking Green Day over here. Wake me up when September ends. That was me. We're eight and one. Fuck it. I, let the whole league get COVID. Check me in October. Frustrating, man. Frustrating. Yeah. But, you know, there's other other stuff going on. MLB today was talking about a bubble for the postseason. Maybe it's like, huh, we've, our process has gone horribly. The NBA and the NHL have zero positive tests. Maybe this is something we should look into. Well, so, I, again, I've said all along, I don't think there was a bubble system that worked for Major League Baseball to do a season. Because even, like, Arizona is the closest where you – Arizona has a lot of facilities to near each other. That's the only way Will Farrell could play for every team in one day. But at the same time, Florida, it's it's pretty spread out. Like, yeah, you're in one state, but you're in like the shittiest state where everyone's like, "Hey, let's spit in each other's mouths for the pandemic." It wasn't going to work there. But if you get down to a bubble system for the playoffs, and you just pick like whatever it is, you know, you want to pick a dome environment. You want to say Arizona. And Houston, something like that, uh, where you can make it work and the elements aren't going to be an issue. And you can crank out maybe multiple series in, like, one place. Like, let's do it because, I mean, baseball's on borrowed time, I feel like, with the Marlins, with the Cardinals. And it's like, well, who's who's it going to be this week? Oh, to a certain extent, you know. Um, yeah, let's find a way to make it work because... The threat's always been, like, as it gets into the fall, this is going to happen again. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And college football today is canceling. So, yeah, let's come up with a plan. Let's not be – everyone's criticism of college football was, you guys just didn't do anything for all these months and just hoped everything would work out. And baseball did that. I mean, baseball wasted April and May. So, like, let's not waste this time of figuring you know, out where we're going to play these games. Proactive, not reactive, and, and kind of what Passon was saying is you could have three bubbles for the wild card round, and then you could have two bubbles for the divisional series round, and then just one bubble for the CS and the World Series. And I got an idea. How about the Ripken Complex? They got five or six fields. It's in Aberdeen, Maryland, and the fields are actually based on the dimensions of Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park. Camden Yards. I played there in high school. I mean, it, it was fun. If you're going to have a bubble somewhere in the Northeast, I'd go with the Ripken Complex. I think they – I um, here's what worries me is, like I said, Arizona's good because they've got the Dome. Houston's good. They've got the Dome. On the East, the only Dome we have is the Trop, and it can't be the fucking Trop. cannot be there. No. It can't. No, like, you can't screwed. showcase the best of the best in a trailer park. 
<laughs> it really is a trailer park, man. It's so bad. So that's what worries me is, like, are they going to go for, like, a like once you – and maybe I'm taking bubble too literally, but, like, I don't know. Once you narrow it down to a bubble, do you then go – because you're on borrowed time. You've added this extra round of, like, playoffs. Do we just try to take weather totally out? That might be a good idea, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. You mentioned Houston and L.A. I don't want to play the Houston at, at Minute Maid during the bubble. I don't want to play the Dodgers in the World Series in Southern California. No, I said like, Arizona. I just, Arizona. But I, those are places that I've read about, and I think we get screw, We could definitely get screwed if you pick somewhere in Texas or California or Arizona. We'll play in Safeco. We'll play all day, go, day games at Safeco or whatever they call that stadium now. That place is beautiful from what I've heard. Yeah, I haven't been there, but it looks it looks nice. Yeah, they have a roof, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it'll, yeah. there's just no one in – like, I'm trying to think through. I mean, obviously, Yankees, Mets, Boston all don't have it. Toronto, we can't go to Toronto because no one wants us at, out of our country. Um, <laughs> Baltimore, Washington, they don't have it. Atlanta doesn't have it. Miami, it would probably be Miami. Miami would be the East Coast one. And then you'd have to literally have a bubble. Like, you guys – like, you'd have to NBA bubble it. That'd be so tough to keep these guys. I think when, maybe once you get to the playoffs, it's not as tough to keep the guys disciplined. But if you're going out, and we'll talk about these two in a second, if you're pulling a Clevenger slash Plesac going out in a during a playoff series, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I hope they they figure it out. But I could see it being those three, three Southern uh, domes. Yeah, I mean, we're just going to, if we get to the playoffs and we have baseball. I mean, we're, we're in the playoffs. To, we were in the playoffs yeah. uh, the second they were like, we're going to have half the league in. Like, we're in there. I mean, Manfred will stab someone in the neck if he has to get us in the playoffs. You know, you want the pinstripes in the playoffs. But I, I like the idea that they're maybe getting ahead of this because it, it, it's borrow time. It, it has to be. So Yeah, got to get it in. And, you know, we thought that. Look, Cardinals had a scare. The Marlins had a scare. It seemed like everybody was on the same page. Everyone was locked in. And then we get that story out of Chicago. The Indians were in Chicago playing the White Sox. And two starting pitchers, I think it's Zach Plesak is his name, and Mike Clevenger, the stud on the Indians, they go out on a Saturday night on the town in Chicago. And now they are isolated and sent home. You ever been to Chicago? Twice for work, I did. I didn't get to do anything. Fun. Dude, great, great city, great, great city to go out in. I don't blame them at all. <laughs> no, it's it's tough because this is what I said all along was going to be the issue. Is over time, guys get comfortable and they're like, ah, well, it's not me. It's not going to be me. I'm just going to meet buddies because that was the whole thing. It was like police ex buddies. His boy's from home. Yeah, he's from Chicago. Or yeah, he's yeah. so like, yeah, I'm just going to go hang out with my buddies. No big deal. I know they're all safe. Because they're my buddies. But, like, that's how this happens. And they even got sent, because they did it, they got sent home in a car. So instead of a 45-minute flight on (laughs) Sunday, like the rest of the team had, they had a five-hour car ride. That is brutal, man. And it really, you want to talk about competitive advantage and playoff chances for the Indians. That's going to absolutely kill them over a 60-game season to miss three Clevenger starts and three Plesak starts going to absolutely kill them if they have to quarantine that was really dumb they were they were rolling along pretty good too yeah i mean i think they have to do it's like a minimum of three games that they're doing and you know it's smart of the indians to get ahead of it you know if if it was one of those things where 
it comes out through the media, that's when you get like, well, you know, this is the same as when the Marlins decide that they're going to play. You know, you got to take it out of their hands, take it out of the league's hand. And because based on some of the suspensions we're seeing in baseball, you know, we saw Joe Kelly. We just saw the coach from the Astros get 20 games for inciting a, a fight. The league comes down. You know, it may be like, hey, you went into this, you know, you're missing, you know, 10 games or something like that, where you get ahead of it and say, ah, we're going to do a couple days. No institutional chaos here. It's very college football. Like, we're going to take ourselves out of the bowls this season. Right, right. And look, it's it's the PR aspect of it. And they're also probably just trying to be safe. And look, Carlos Carrasco, who's a member of that rotation, he had cancer last year. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about being stupid and insensitive. That guy should get to shoot them with a paintball gun, like three times <laughs> each. <laughs> like, you need some kind because, I mean, just imagine you beat cancer and then all this is going on in the world and you work your way back and it's like, come on, you fucking assholes, you know? Because that puts – now you're putting – I think that's been the biggest thing of COVID in general was a lot of people, especially at the beginning – I would imagine everyone knows someone now. But it's like, I don't know anyone who's got it. But now it's like you, – now you're looking at like someone who it could really affect in a bad way. Yeah, he, and he's the most extreme case. You got to think Terry Francona was absolutely livid. He's an old school, and he's got guy. health issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, very, very stupid of them. We are very excited for the Yankees Braves game tonight, obviously. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have three questions that were submitted that Ooh. I want to get to. Three riddles. Yeah, three questions for us. Uh, first question is from uh, one of our regular listeners, Austin Jones, on Twitter. Um, he said, I have for you and JJ is, do you think the Gary struggles have anything to do with the pressure of having Cole on the team now? I've noticed that between every inning, Cole and Gary are having long conversations. Was thinking maybe this could be something that people don't really talk about. People are quick to just say Gary sucks and move on. And Austin actually DM'd me some stats of Gary you know, hitting when Cole starts, and he's 0-4 those games basically so do you think Gary's putting so much time and effort into catching Cole and building that relationship that it's neglecting his hitting no I don't think so I think um because I don't think Cole is asking for more yeah maybe he is maybe he's asking for a little bit more in terms of just like focus but it's focus that should be there already you know it like Cole's not asking to go out and get beers and that's distracting from it right you know he's He's saying, like, hey, here's the way I approach things. I'm the best to do this right now. So everyone who's going to throw you pitches besides me, especially when you're batting, is worse than me. So here's what the best does. Now you just have to play down. Like, I think it should help him. I would think so, too. But it could be, you know, when you're – look, when you got the hottest girl – at the party that, that's dancing with you, you, you know, you do everything you can to impress her. I mean, we've all kind of been in that sort of situation. There's a lot of pressure on Gary to have a good relationship so that this doesn't become a Randy Johnson, Jorge Posada situation or Burnett and Posada. Like I mentioned before, I, I think Austin might be onto something here. I don't know. You're talking every five days, though. Like yeah. did Posada not play because Randy Johnson didn't like him? Well, I mean, he had Flaherty catching. Yeah, but Posada didn't bat oh, oh, 091. Like, perform well. Yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. bat 091. He didn't, yeah, you're you right. know, he didn't not catch, you know, he was letting balls go through his legs that aren't even bouncing. He's just not putting his glove there. 
Uh, it, it's bad, man. And he did it in the ninth inning, too. And look, I get it. Britain throws a heavy sinker, and sometimes he spikes at 55 feet. I know he's not the easiest guy to catch, but ninth inning tie game on the road where they, they can walk it off in one swing. You got to block everything. Yeah. So frustrating there. And then we got uh, Joe Randazzo, who's a good friend of ours, Bronx Pinstripes. Great writer. Follow him at Yankee Librarian. Nerd. Uh, he said, with half start getting skipped, do we finally see Clark Schmidt soon? You hope so. I mean, because Hap stinks at baseball. He stinks at professional baseball now. And, you know, we've tried to – he looked he looked good in spring training. You know, we're like, all right, maybe figured it out. But March spring – you're talking original spring Yeah, I'm talking real March. spring yeah, training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He looked good, and we're like, all right, maybe figured the shit out, change his number, get it – you know, get the ball on the ground more, or, you know, don't let go short. But, listen, the balls are juiced because you've got to get people to tune into these games. And – Yankee Stadium's a good home run hitter's park. Uh, so that was never worked for him. We made a lot of excuses. But now if you walk six guys, like you – if you're giving up home runs, there's a chance they swing and miss at it. If you're just walking guys, we're not even in – you know, they're just – they're on base. Perfect storm. Small ballparks all across the AL East. Juiced ball. Fly ball pitcher with no velocity. It's a recipe for disaster. The Yankees are a team full of, like, the high school varsity quarterback. Like, bunch bunch of popular kids, right? Bunch of big studs. And then you have Jay Happ, who's, like, the nerd that sits alone in the lunchroom. Like, he just does not fit into this group at all. It's also – I feel like – and I haven't looked this up, but I – you know, I'm obviously I'm watching the game, so I see it happening. But I just feel like I'm getting more – you know, because I get the push notifications, too. There's just more – Bases loaded, walks, and hit by pitches this year, then. Uh, I, I just feel more runs are scoring off of not hits. Yeah, no, and then Ford got hit yep. with the bases loaded on Saturday. Yeah, we, we have seen that. And that was the situation where I was like, God, I didn't, we hadn't been hitting and runners in scoring position at all. I'm like, thank God. It, yeah, take got it. A run here. <laughs> Wear that one, Mike. Wear that one. Uh, no, but you're right. There's been way, there's been a lot of quirky. Quirky run scored this season. Our last question here is from. Gotta give me a sec. So this is from uh, O Nestor. Do you think Clint Frazier will be a big impact to the Yankees during his time up? Well, he's not playing tonight, so ho- hopefully tomorrow. Um, Clint is. I mean. How much longer are we going to play this dance, you know? He's been here five years, four yeah. years. I mean, he's not really a kid anymore. No. Let's see him play. And he's delivered when he has. I mean, he had, was it 2018, where he couldn't catch a fly ball. Um, was that 2018 or was that last year? That was last year. 2018 last year. was the concussion year. Okay. And we just didn't see him. So last year, he, um, yeah, he couldn't do a, uh, you know, he couldn't catch a fly ball. Just needed the season to end. Had the yips. He was Chuck Knobloch throwing it at Joe Buck's mom or whoever he threw it at. <laughs> um, but, I mean, everything he hit in, like, spring training, everything he hit in summer camp was, like, he hit it with a purpose. So get him in the lineup. Let's see what we have. Let's either get his stock up and trade him, get his stock up and figure, like, hey, we're going to keep this guy as our left fielder and Gardner's out. Or, like, just fucking trade him now. But, like, you, he has no value for us sitting in AAA or not even AAA watching our own guys while Andujar looks lost out there. 
and you cannot play him two games a week. It was the same thing with Antuhar. Like if you have a guy that's trying to prove himself and, and trying to get into a rhythm and, and make a name for himself, and you're giving him irregular at-bats and sitting him today and playing him tomorrow, it's not going to work. you got to play him 20 games in a row, have him know that he's going to be in the lineup, and see what he's got. So my That's the other is, thing with these lineups. So. These lineups that Bruins put out there, like no one can get any fucking confidence in themselves because like no one knows when they're playing. Right now, it's very annoying. Uh, a little bit lighthearted. We'll end on a light note here. Uh, this question is from Christopher M. What are some terms we use as Yankee fans that other fan bases may not know or understand? And his example is bleacher creatures. Right, bleacher creatures. I mean, we say pinstripes. You know, I mean, I guess maybe they understand it, but um, you know, like the Phillies have pinstripes, the uh, White Sox have pinstripes. But, like, I don't think they say the pinstripes the way we do. The only thing I've really noticed is other teams say, like, we're going to the, like, other fans say, I'll meet you at the park, I'll meet you at the ballpark. Like, we all refer to Yankee Stadium as the stadium. Uh, like, they're yeah. playing at the stadium tonight. Like, we never call Yankee Stadium a park. Yeah. Or a yard. It's always a stadium. Because it was the first actual stadium that was called a stadium. That yeah. was the only thing I remember. We can also say the ghosts. We're just oh, like, oh, yeah. the ghosts. Like, we know what that is immediately. And the monument. We, like, oh, he hit it into the monuments or... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, like, Wrigleyville has a lot of bars, so even, like, there's, no, you know, stands is, like, iconic, even though I don't like it, but... Um, <laughs> We're Billy's guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, and obviously, like, the area around there, like, oh, the concourse, things like that are very specific to us, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to think on that while we take this, like, three-and-a-half-hour break to watch a baseball game. We got Yeah, we got a dinner slash Yankee. What are you game, having so. for dinner? Um, so I am – we are going – we've gone freshly. So we get the meals delivered uh, because we both don't feel like cooking or thinking about – So is that one make. where, like, you have to cook it still? It just gives no, you no, it comes fresh. you got to eat it within five days, and you just microwave it. That's oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they say you have to eat it within five days. So I think i got a steak peppercorn in there, Ooh. peppercorn steak. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think I there's don't a know little what broccoli. I don't know what I'm doing. Are you st- still winging it? You got half yeah, hour. we're winging it. Our fridge is broken. We get a new fridge tomorrow. Oh, so what is there's nothing? So you take like everything take out. out? So it's just like takeout, and we haven't decided. Oh, okay. Oh, you got, you got a half hour. Got a half hour. Yeah, you put in an order anywhere, it's ready for pickup in like 15 minutes. I, I'm still not doing delivery. It, yeah, delivery. It, I'd rather pick up and just get it when I have it, and it's quicker and hotter. It's, it's quicker, it's hotter, I'm saving money. I, I still, you know, I, I tip the place. but um, hmm. And I just it's don't nice have to, to work. Walk. I, I'm, yeah, just, I'm cutting down the variable. Like, I'm cutting down one variable in the whole, like, trying to not get sick thing. No, exactly. So we are going to go watch Jordan Montgomery. Try and get a win, and we will uh, talk to you after the game. All right. We're back after just a wonderful, I mean, a, a memorable game, one for the ages. Yeah, it was 8 nothing in the fifth, and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll text Jack and be like, let's do this a little early. We could do this in the seventh, both get a little bit more sleep. I'm glad I didn't. I was this close. That was that could have been a disaster. Like that could have been one of the worst losses of the season. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, it'd be cocky if we just did the post game show in like the seventh inning. And I love that move. Yeah, most of the time. But I was like, yeah, we're not there. You know, let's just hang around for a little bit. And this all kind of started. So they're cruising, 
And Gumby lets up the three-run homer. Yep. And it's like, damn, here we go again. Because you had the Paxton game where they left him in too long. He let up the homers. Cole let up the homer in the end. They almost lost. So it's like, are we going to really do this again? And then here comes the parade of our cut-rate C-level relievers. Sessa, Hale. I mean, my brain's at a pretzel right now, so I don't even remember what order it was. But it's basically like Boone brings in one of the shitty relievers. They let two runners on. Then he brings in the good relievers, and we end up using all of the premium relievers anyway, and the game takes four hours. When you look out on the mound and you see number 75 warming up, <laughs> you're just like, ah, oh, we're not having a good time anymore. This is fun. <sighs> And Glaber and DJ, I don't know what the fuck is going on with them. Got some yips out there tonight. Dude, they combined for like three errors. Glaber, uh, uh, I mean, the Sessa inning where he booted that ground ball, that, that, could have been, that could have been a disaster. And the other thing is when they were up 8-4, they barely escaped when the bases were loaded. I think that was on a veto. It's, it's all blending together now. But, like, it was, just a, it was just a mess to be up 8 nothing and then end up barely holding on 9-6. Ugh. So much happened. It just started off as like, oh, we're going to talk about a couple home runs, like a nice Boyd home run. We'll talk about Judge's home run a little later. Talk about Gary holding on to the ball, even though he clearly got hit in the glove and just, like, playing it off. Great defense. <laughs> so then just like, oh, hey, wild pitch, pass ball. Uh, Gary Sanchez has no idea what's going on at the plate. <laughs> Lost. He's totally lost. He's totally lost. And he had the one, oh, I think it was his first at bat where he worked at 11 pitch, 11 pitch at bat, and then he hit a hard ball up the middle for a ground out, and everyone's like, he's back, baby. Like, there it is. No, he's back when he hits a ball into the bleachers is when he's back. Yeah, he, um, that first at bat, he battled. But that was one where you could tell he didn't have his stuff tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he battled, though. And Gumby threw, was five shutout. I'm like, oh, he can go seven shutout. We'll rest the pen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it just, it just totally, totally falls apart. I'm not concerned about Judge being pulled. I, I actually, at the time, I admitted I liked that move. I tweeted it. And I tweeted, Judge can't get hit on the wrist if you pull him. Yeah. Um, but then all of a sudden, it's, it's 9-6, and you're like, shit, I kind of wish, <laughs> wish he was still playing. Now, Talkman walked in his spot. But I still would have – I would have let Judge hit and then maybe sat him. At least let him hit. Yeah, Guys on we fire. Both, but we're both in agreement. He's not hurt, right? He was chilling in the dugout. No, no. Him. I think it was just like a half day off because it's, they only had a day off yesterday and uh, only one more this week. <laughs> dude, I'm like, dude. yeah, whatever. You're you going to rest him. We won, but – Maybe not till Chapman's back. That's the thing you do when Chapman's back. Which, Jesus Christ, please Where come back tomorrow. I can't do this Where anymore. I need guy? him back in We're my talking life. about sim games and, oh, we don't know. What, what are we talking about? The guy will wrestle he, a bear in center field. Is there, like, a sneaky – is he, like, gambling and there's a suspension, like when Jordan went to go play baseball? <laughs> like, what's going on? Something with the Cuban mafia, Maybe. 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 No idea. Really, really could use him back. Like I said, they ended up using Green, Adovino, and Britton anyway. Sessa, I, I can barely watch this guy pitch. Your boy Neil had a hilarious tweet. Uh, he called him Everyday Avalon. <laughs> Luis Avalon was warming up. It was, a, it was a shit show. It was like how many shitty moves can Boone make in one game and, and still win. Uh, offense was good overall. They scored nine runs. Defense, ugly. Bullpen, ugly. Gumby, solid. Yeah, 
And I think the most I will always remember tonight's game. I will never forget it because it will be the first time that I saw a Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron autographed one baseball that Paul O'Neill had in his basement. It this was the winner of the local sports Emmy for New York this year. If they don't win, it's a bigger travesty than Dances with Wolves getting Best Picture over Goodfellas. It, I mean, how does show and tell with Paul O'Neill that not only does he have a baseball that one side, he teases for heaven and teases this like a professional. And then he, the way he displayed it and turned the ball to be like, oh, it's a Hank Aaron ball. And it ties the teams together because the other side is Babe Ruth. And then on top of that, it was like, oh, my hitting coach when I was a kid's wife was like, he would have wanted you to have it. What an American story, Paul O'Neill. That's a tearjerker. Out of the basement. The Paul O'Neill in the basement segment is such a home run. It's the best. The guy should never be allowed in the stadium again. Leave him down there, let him have his Gatorade and his leftover pizza, and, and leave him in Ohio. That ball's got to be worth at least 10 Gs, right? 15 grand. I have like, no idea what that stuff is You got 1,500 homers on But, like, yeah, no, that's – I'm sure – there's probably not a lot of those. No, no. And he was really teasing us because he, when you think Yankees-Braves, you think, all right, 96 or 99. I'm like, I'm like he didn't get hay. It's not the Hayes ball, but maybe – I thought he was going to be like – 96, game two. Like, it's the yeah, third out of like the seventh the inning. Ball. Like, some, one of those, maybe the Layers ball or something in 99 or yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, that nobody saw that coming. Um, yeah, weird, weird game. We got lucky that Acuna didn't play. Hopefully he doesn't play tomorrow. And Tanaka tomorrow. But, but Jesus Christ, Boone, please, please be better. I, I love you. I love your hoodies. But this was, this was a very poorly managed game. One thing that all of Yankees' Twitter is, is in full agreement on is that and we never usually agree on things. Yeah, no, there were no, there was no there. fighting tonight. <laughs> there was no fighting tonight. Like people were throwing out some like dumb ideas about moving around the infield, but yeah, we all were like, "Boone, what are you doing here? What are you doing here?" Again and again. Ugh. It was painful. We're Eleven and six. It's so funny to be complaining the way we are about wins. Because it's an ugly win. Like when it, when it's eight, when you are up eight nothing at home, your closer should not be in the game ever. Like it's an ugly win. It, you know, I'm not going to complain because we won, and, and every win's very important. But man, I, I, it would be nice to see a, a crisp, clean, like seven one win where, where nothing's stressful. Like, and this was supposed to be that. This could have been one of those games, and it wasn't. But I mean, they needed a win. They had lost two in a row, so we'll take it. But you know, got got to sweep them tomorrow and get on to Boston. Yeah. To, um, Tampa's kicking the shit out of Boston, eight to one. Did you see the Phillies bullpen? No, what'd they do? They so the it was three three. The Phillies bullpen let up three let up two runs to make it five three. Orioles Harper ties it five five, and then uh, the Phillies bullpen allowed three more runs to the Orioles. I think the Orioles won like eight to six or something. But their bullpen is like the worst unit in sports. I think like their ERA is like seventeen. Yeah, but in a seven-inning game, they got gotcha. you. Fucking, that was such a fucking bad <laughs> I saw Toronto for the first time, like in a highlight. The Like I saw, well, not Toronto, Buffalo. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of funny to see. I saw it in a highlight and it was just like, oh, that's cute. You're playing in a minor league park. This could be enjoyable to watch when it's our time to come around. 
And they, they dressed it up or fixed it up pretty nice because I know there were things they had to do to yeah. make it like major league caliber. And, and honestly, the Buffalo Blue Jays has a nice ring to it. I just want, like, w- let's get the Yankees there, right? I think we're, we're going there. We're going there. Apparently, there's a spot like on the road or by the highway where you can kind of see into the see into the stadium, and there were fans hanging out there, but the cops like kicked them out. Oh, I um, because I didn't know if that was one that they were like, I oh, will just play it, you know, as visitors. But yeah, if we're going there, that'll be that'll be a fun little watch. Then you get O'Neill and Cone telling minor league stories. Yeah, that's a good time. This new booth is this new booth. Just give me this booth every single game. K and Cone. And, then, and, then and the warrior. O'Neal in the basement. He should be allowed to sign his own deals. Like, he could sign with, like, uh, Tostitos or, like, pizza rolls, you know. Uh, I just signed a deal with Bagel Bites. <laughs> and just eat it during a game. No, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was awesome. So we will take O'Neal eating Blimpy. Just all posting with a blimpy. Is that? I mean, we have. Is it sheets? They have sheets in the Midwest, right? Is that? I've the, never that's had. Like Wawa. I've never had. I know it's like we're not far from where you can get a sheets. I don't know what that means though. I've I think it starts in like Penn, it, it's like starts in like the Penn State area, and okay. it's like a Pittsburgh, Ohio. Yeah, I heard it's like Wawa, but you know, obviously, I've heard it's like Wawa, but not as good because. That's what Wawa people say. Yeah, and I've heard it's Wawa with French fries, basically. Ooh, <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's it's pretty similar. But, I always uh, think it's funny. Yeah, do you go to Wawa often? Maybe like once or twice a month. We used to go probably the same, like uh, running around, like let's just get sandwiches for dinner or something like that. Um, and there would always be people in there getting like quesadillas. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing getting a quesadilla? <laughs> At Wawa, like, what has brought your life to this? Wawa's very cult-like. Like, people are obsessed with Wawa. They're, like, decent They're like decent sandwiches, but people, it, it has a cult-like thing. And I grew up five minutes from a Wawa, so it's just another kind of fast food type place. But I get to Delaware. When I went to college in Delaware, people from, you know, not around here would be like, Wawa, we got to go to Wawa. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, they got one in, like, Florida. And I remember, like, my family was just like... We got a Wawa down here. I'm like, you grew up in New York, in the Bronx, in the Italian part. What are we talking about here? We got a Wawa. And the Wawa's in the city, in Philly, suck compared to the suburbs. Like, these these center city Wawa's and the Wawa by me are just awful, man. It's a cesspool. I cannot go in and out of a Wawa without getting a cheddar-stuffed pretzel. Oh, that's your thing? If you see me come out of a Wawa without a cheddar stuffed pretzel, it means they didn't have any cheddar stuffed pretzels. Are I, those the ones when you're checking out? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's yeah, like when you're checking out and it's just like, yo, here's a pretzel filled with cheddar cheese. Let's do this. Yeah, that, that's strategically placed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, well, let's talk in Wawa. Yeah. It's a new segment we're doing. <laughs> we're going to talk <laughs> Wawa every week. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a win's a win. You know, you'll take a win. You wish that arms would be fresher for tomorrow. But it is what it is. Maybe Tanaka can give us six. Yeah, can we get a full... And I really wanted Gumby to give us seven. But yeah, give us six. Like, 
six, seven innings, man. We got to start seeing it. And I really wanted to stay away from Green today. He never pitches two days in a row. So yeah. you got to think he's not going to be available tomorrow. But Britain should be, and Adovino should be. But man, that was that was. Ugly. We didn't see Clint. No, no, four. But I mean, how can you? Look at what Ford's doing. What do you no, have? Four Ford's, RBIs? Ford's doing well. And I guess, you know, Talkman has earned his, you know, the burn that he's getting. It's uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, but, yeah, I guess, you know, it kind of, it goes back to what you said earlier in the day that if you're going to put Clint in, like, just put him in and let him play, that's what it is with Ford right now. And Ford's been doing it. So, like, let Ford show up to the ballpark every day knowing that he's going to be playing. And he's been raking. You worried about Glaber at short? He looks awful defensively. He's bobbling, booting, tripping no, over himself. No, I, I think, you know, it's one of those things you, you just run into a slump. You hope he can bust out of it. You know, we talked earlier in the night about um, Clint just being unable to field and it just being the yips and all that could change. That was the season ending and getting time away. You know, that's not what we need at this juncture uh, with Glaber because that would be a nightmare. But he just needs, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll end up getting, get through tomorrow, have a day off Thursday, decompress, get back at it. And, and it'll I, be cold Friday. And I think it might be a little bit of the, uh, you know, the bat's not looking too good. And you can carry that over to the other side of the field. And Glaber definitely seems like a guy where you can tell it gets to him. Yeah, you know, he's he's like kind of an emotional player. He tries to hide it, but you see him get frustrated after one of his errors. He spiked the ball on the ground. Like you can tell, he kind of gets in his own head sometimes. And he's twenty three. It's it's gonna happen. I think Kay said that um, a, a scout said the problem is Glaber got put in the three hole, so now he's trying to hit like a three hole hitter, and it's thrown off his swing. And then he looked, oh, and then he hit an awful at bat. Yeah, yeah. I think it. You know. Last year, things he was letting the game come to him because he wasn't put in that pressure. But now he's the number three hitting shortstop for the New York Yankees. Try, you know, you got to try to be what A. Rod should have been. Right now, good point. And he's going, but he's going to have to be used to having that pressure and hitting second, third, or fourth, or whatever, because he's going to be doing it for the next ten plus years. So yeah, got to got to kind of get over that soon. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, unless at some point we have, uh, you know, a first baseman. Like, sometimes you get a first baseman, third baseman who, who step into some of those roles, and you can slide down into a shortstop spot, but hit like a three-hitter. Um, yeah, well, I guess that's all we got for this week. We just need wins. We just need wins. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. We, we need to eat up wins because we can't let Tampa start building momentum. That's uh, the worst case scenario for us. Um, yeah, you can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbyNYY. Follow me; it's a good follow. He's been tweet- he, he used to not tweet a lot, and now he tweets a lot, and it's good stuff. Um, some good insight into the game and moves, and then some you know some things I don't agree with, like sitting judge was a good idea. Give me a heart <laughs> attack. Uh, you can follow the show at George's Box Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter. Um, and um, listen, we just got to keep just keep watching. We're on borrow time. That's the way I'm looking at it now. We're far enough in that it's like, listen, we're on borrow time. Get us to a playoff. Give us back Stanton, and let's you know 
let's win this. Um, so, yeah. Let's win this, and then we'll see you at the parade. All right, sports are coming back, and so are your best chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Big Shot Bob Robert Ory. I added that myself. It's not in the script. See what they had to say on what it will be like to play without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE and receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.